Happy May the 4th, everyone. Even though the May episode of the Blue Post podcast has already come out, we knew we wanted to do something special for May the 4th. This episode requires a bit of backstory. When we first decided to do the Blue Post podcast, it was December, and Rogue One was about to come out. And we were thinking, hey, why don't we record our initial impressions of Rogue One and share them with everyone? Great idea, except family was in town, editing got delayed, we kept discussing how we wanted the show to work. December became January, January became February, February became March. You know, it was out of date, but we still liked it and we still wanted to share it. So since Rogue One has since come out on digital HD in March and on Blu-ray in April, we realized, hey, it's kind of relevant again. And since it's May the 4th, there seemed like there was no better time than now to put it out. So just one quick small disclaimer before you jump in. This is our initial impressions of the film. At the time of recording for myself, Kelly, and Charles, we'd only seen the film once. Chris had seen it a second time. I know for myself, there are some things where my opinion has changed. Keep that in mind as you enjoy. Guys, it was a big week this week. We had, uh, we had Rogue One. Yeah, we did. I mean, that, that's big on its own, I think. True. I mean, like, so quickly, or go around the table, start with Kelly, I guess. Where does it rank for you, Star Wars-wise? Right next to, like, New Hope for me, which is, like, I don't know, like, one of my favorite ones. So, I mean, it's... Like, top three, maybe? Yeah, top three, definitely. Charles? Yeah. Okay, for me, Empire is one, right? Sure. Yeah. So, sure? And, and that's for a lot of people. Uh, but this one is, like... It's right up there. Quite and like I haven't second. decided yet, you know, which one, which one where we're at, um, which one's higher, which one's on top. Yeah. But they're they're both up there. So, so. I'm in the same boat. Empire's been my favorite forever. Yeah. Yeah, Empire's. And, and, and Rogue One is, like, right on its heels. And the second time I saw it, it, like, kind of jumped a little higher. So they're about even in my book. Yours? Empire is always going to be top. And I don't know if we're ever going to see anything from Star Wars ever top it, which isn't a problem. You have... A really great film at the top no no problem at all I, I think for me it lands in the weird area where I my mood changes on Jedi and a new hope where yeah. I go back and forth over which one I think is better mm. and I think this one kind of lands in there to where now it's gonna be the third one in the mix of going, me going I it's one of two two through five like somewhere in there depending on the day but the fact that it ranks with like the original films and you're not putting it in the same ranking as like the prequels yeah. is a good sign like yeah. right well, I think anything there's there's a big Gap there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This film did something I didn't expect the anthology films to do. Like, and now I'm kind of expecting it, and I'm more excited for the anthology films, where it changed the way that I looked at a 40 year old movie in A New Hope. Oh yeah. Like that oh, is. Yeah. I didn't expect it to me affect me in that way, um, where I was looking at A New Hope in a completely different light with new perspective, and and I didn't expect that coming in at all. Yeah. After watching it, I wanted to go home and watch A New Hope, except it was what because we the three of us saw it together yeah. we were out at 1 30 in the morning it was like no i probably should go to bed have work the next day <laughs> um but man i it was tempting to just like sit down on the couch and just be like okay i'm plugging in a new hope but i also kind of felt that way when i did a marathon of all six going into force awakens mm -hmm. where all of a sudden return of the jedi changed from being this is the end to this is a stopping point for this time period sure Lucasfilm can now be like, oh, we're just going to go to this point. But they're not afraid to 
have it affect a film directly that is another part of the saga. Mm. Mm. Right. And that's an interesting point, too, because I feel like the closest thing that we can compare Rogue One to is Force Awakens. Force, yeah. With Force Awakens, it was like... It, it was completely different, right? That was the idea, is that it was the same as A New Hope, yeah. but um, moving forward... It was, it was making changes the for the plot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and this one has to fit in between other films. Right. And I think that uh, in that regard, it did really, really well. But right. I mean, also the fact that like, this is the first time we're doing something that's not just the Skywalker family. This is not just like the main story. How is an audience going to treat and react to something that is totally different than anything that's ever been done before? And, and totally different. Completely. Yeah. And it's like, it fits into place so well that it's almost shocking that it just worked that well for them. Right. And it makes me excited to see what they do with like the Han Solo movie or like the, I don't know if they're, I think they said they're like a Boba Fett movie maybe too. They're like, talking about, Bo the rumors are Boba Fett and an Obi-Wan movie that they're talking that's about. That's rumor, but the Han Solo yeah. one for sure. The Han Solo yeah. one's the only one confirmed. Right, either way, like it makes me more excited for those because I mean, I know for, I know Charles and I were talking like for Rogue One, we were like, you know, this, there's not going to be lightsaber fights. There's not going to be, sure. you know, that kind of stuff. What is going to keep us interesting and not just politics and not just like, oh, you know, the government this and that. And it was not like that at all like it had so much good material to bring to the table which was really good to me. and for me in some ways i this was what i kind of wanted the prequels to have been like yeah, oh God, it, yeah. Got, I mean, <laughs> it was in there and like there's war going on in some seconds it's heavy right it's yeah it's heavy and it was like i'm sitting there going man if this had been how the prequels had gone i right. think the prequels would have been much better received well mm -hmm. so i i'm i don't think the prequels are good movies i think no. they get a bad rap i think i think they're not That's as fair. bad as people think they are mm -hmm. um and i think the, the basic story and outline of of what the prequels are isn't bad to me it's the execution of what they are yeah lucas's um, world building is fantastic oh yeah storytelling he, is a little different yeah. it's you know but going back to what charles was talking about the thing that was kind of cool is i remember seeing episode three in theaters and being like oh it's so cool how that connects back to mm -hmm. yeah to episode four and then you see Rogue One and you go, oh, that's even better. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. And it, and this is a step up. Yeah, like, you're like, that's different. That's what I wanted. And like, you don't realize that until you see Rogue One. Like Rogue One completely changes how you look at the entire series mm -hmm. of just like, oh, that's what I wanted this entire thing to be. Right. Um, in, in a very cool way. The, the thing that I really admired the most about Rogue One is that with other films that we've looked at recently, all of those films are predicated on the idea of nostalgia. This film broke from that mm. and i mean it had nostalgia it wasn't just nostalgia it wasn't just right. like well, oh let's to, to me it's a new lens we've never really seen the empire in this light no mm -hmm. um before we've never seen sort of the structure the infrastructure and like the way that they operate mm -hmm. and sort of the power that they have it's always like oh they just show up yeah yeah and so now seeing it from kind of the inside of the machine and like mm -hmm. how big that machine actually is is terrifying and and awesome and and sort of gives you a new again a new perspective a new lens to yeah. to see the films in definitely mm -hmm. right. um so i guess that's more that's as much we can talk about without yeah i know i think we have hit the point where um, we just yeah. have to go spoilers so, for so rogue anyone one. anyone watching that hasn't seen rogue one yet turn this off and go see it and then come back <laughs> actually, well, actually go see it twice then yeah, yeah, yeah. you should have done that actually before so rewind the podcast or the, the video whatever you're watching and and don't listen to this part and then go back and watch it and then you can come back yeah. and watch the beginning again and you'll appreciate it even more the one thing i want to expand on is the like i said it changed the way i look at the new hope and even the name of a new hope when i grew up to me the new hope was luke right it was yeah. it was 
you know, mm-hmm. the Force coming back in, the new Jedi. That's not what the New Hope means anymore. No. To me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's it's the fact that they have the plans now, and it's and it's it's that line that Leia has at the end of, of what did they give us, and it's hope, and right, and like, like that that whole that whole part of it. Um, and what what. Is that kind of what it is for you guys as well? Like for me, I think the, the the first correlation that I thought of, and I saw this later somewhere else that like it, it showed the opening title crawl of of A New Hope. Yeah, and the first thing is it says that the rebellion is coming off of their first big victory. Yeah, we just watched that first right. big victory. Yeah. Like, and we just have to experience that. Like what? Half their fleet got destroyed. No, it was yeah. terrible. It was, yeah. it was a horrible victory, but it was still it's a, a victory. victory. Yeah, but um, it, it's so interesting to see, like again with this new information, like they they attacked the Death Star, where literally maybe even a couple of weeks before they almost weren't even a rebellion yeah. anymore. Like they almost broke up. Yeah, they, they, they have half their fleet gone. They just like this is literally. Like you're seeing the new hope, you're seeing this ragtag group of, ga- of of people that are really even more ragtag than you even think they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, the thing I want to bring up too is the the beginning crawl, right? Or the, the lack the, the, the lack the, of a the beginning crawl, crawl, right? And and it's it's so cool that they start the movie where it it pans up into the black screen and you expect the big bomb and the mm-hmm. the crawl and it. And it hard cuts away from that, and, I was, and it ships you straight away from it. Sharp. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. It, it cuts it straight off. Yeah. I'm and so it, happy they did that. And it, it starts yeah. you off going, "Oh, I don't like this." Like yeah. you have this feeling, like in your gut of, "Oh, I don't, oh you I don't might like have this. had the feeling in your gut that <laughs> oh, I don't like this." I had the feeling in my gut of, "Oh, thank God," because I remember on the internet there was so much debate when when it was just speculation. Right. No, they they did the one thing they needed to include to make it Star Wars, and that is a long time ago in a galaxy far, far right. away. Mm-hmm. Anything after that is Star Wars. You can never use that in another story. It is Star Wars's own little fairy tale entrance. It was definitely right. jarring, though, because you, you see yeah. that a long time ago, and you're just like, oh, here it comes. Wait, it's not going to come. And yeah. it yeah. jumps. The way they did that was so cool, because, it, it again, it set you a thing of, this is the same but different. Yes. It sets you yeah. up for it and then just takes it away. Well, yeah. even the title. The title right. is not Star Wars. It just says Rogue One. Rogue, Rogue One. Yeah. Yeah. It's Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Well, you but again, it doesn't even say, say that. that film, it right. film. Yeah. It's, in the, it's in Star Wars, but it's not the Star Wars saga. What was it what you said? Um, it's, not a, it's not a Skywalker story right, yeah, for the right. first time, which is really cool. Like It's still like related to that story, but it's not, it's not about solely them. about them. Yeah. Like, no, like, yeah. it's not. Like They're just in it. Let's get into characters a little bit. Yeah. We saw some characters coming back. So the Vader thing. Personally, I think they use Vader a little too much. Same here. Mm-hmm. And I think Same with Tarkin. I, I, I would agree with Tarkin, but I mean, so, we saw so, Vader, what, twice? Well, the thing is, so how cool would it have been if Kranich doesn't go see Vader, right, on Mustafar? He just, they don't have that scene, right? The scene doesn't exist. So the first thing you see of Vader is just the red lightsaber going up. Oh. That would have been, yeah, that would have been the, at the very end. At the very end, it's yeah. but then, like, right? Like, like you don't you don't see Vader at all, and then all of a sudden you just hear the you hear the the voice, the, yeah. you, know, you hear the breathing, and then the saber goes off, and you go, oh shit, yeah, because then you don't know he's in this movie yet, and you're like, where is he? And then all of a sudden he just comes out and he goes to town. That would have been almost like that would have been pretty cool, yeah. right? Yeah. Like if that's the only time that you see him is just going on the warpath. But I then feel we like got Darth Vader da- uh, dad puns, right? We got we got choke on your ambition. Yeah. <laughs> I I feel like that would have been like too much, right? Because you got you're going straight into that. You're seeing Darth Vader for the first time, and then you're like starting to piece together. Oh my god, 
Oh my god, that's the ship. Yeah, that's the ship from yeah, the yeah, New yeah. Hope. Oh my god, and and you're you're going straight into it, and then Leia turns around and she's like, "It gives us hope." You know, like that <laughs> yeah. would have been it would have been too much. We would have had to walk out. We would all been going like, "Oh my god!" Like, <laughs> But, like, just imagine the, the hype moment of just, like, yeah. the saber going I mean, off. What? There's, like, three or four Vader scenes. Like, I don't know if they... Well, there's, there's, there's the... Two. He goes... He go, no. There's well, technically three. Because he goes yeah. to Cranage. Uh-huh. Then he tells them to pack his ship. Or to send his ship. And then the yeah. bit at the end. And then the with, bit at the end. Saber, yeah. So he's, like, a three-second thing where he's, like, prepare my ship. And then they go on. They, they show his shuttle going to the the stranded yeah. uh, carrier. So, um, I want to talk about Tarkin. Right, because that's like a, a that's here. like yeah. the issue I feel like for most people about this the the character th- that has the actor who's been dead the for longest. a long time <laughs> right. for a very long time which has been a whole weird moral issue in Hollywood for a few years now when that because right. the first time I can think of it was there was an ad that used they were originally going to try to cast an Audrey Hepburn lookalike mm. and they couldn't find one that they thought I looked that, good yeah. enough and so they created a CGI Audrey Hepburn. I, I yeah. remember the the hologram Michael Jackson. You guys yeah, yeah. It, and they're yeah. doing this, and there was all this like concern over bringing back well, hologram actors. Tupac too. Yeah. yeah, there's an ethical line in there that people were going. Is there an actual ethical line to using this because of likeness rights? Like Lucasfilm has probably had likeness rights to him. Well, since I mean, he's deceased, so it's like it's and a so you get, get yeah. permission from the estate to do it, but it's still kind of just this weird thing. We're like, oh, well, whatever, he might be dead. We can still use him. I think I think there's a big distinction between like. Like, we're pulling from film ancient history to bring this Mm -hmm. to life now. But, like, moving forward, like, the whole Paul Walker thing happened. From that point onward, now things are getting easier, right? So if you're trying to use older stuff, it's harder. But now, in contracts, it's like, we will scan your full body. We will have a 3D scan of you that we will use in emergencies. And, like, that stuff is, like... Becoming more oh, and more I'm standard. Sure the insurance companies love that the one because that, then they don't have to worry about bond issues. Oh, yeah. as much. The thing that I find yeah. really interesting though is what at what point do they decide that they want to do that method as opposed to you know I mean because he is he is dead but like what about like the girl that they had for Mon Mothma? They cast the woman who played her in episode three in deleted scenes. Yeah. Oh. So, so that's okay, what they I didn't know from. that, but, yeah. but I mean she looks just like her. I mean so but I'm saying but you know you also have another deceased actor, but instead of doing the same kind of method, you just cast somebody new. But for Tarkin, you don't want to just cast somebody new. I think, I think it's because, like. I think Peter Cushing is such an iconic actor. For sure. And such an iconic yeah. part. And like, it's a little harder to right. replicate, and, but. And so, first seeing him, they kind of do a bait and switch with you a little bit. Oh, they, yeah. Because they have his back turned the entire time. And I thought that's what they were going to do. In the beginning, and I was like, gonna stay and I was way, like cool, like, maybe they'll use like, keep, cheap camera tricks to like yeah. you know make because him be there because you can also there. even see kind of the reflection yeah. of like oh this is how they're going to get around you know uncanny well, kind of like yeah. Leia where it's real quick it's yeah. you don't even have but to but Tarkin's in a lot of the movie what? yeah he's, 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 he's in a significant amount of scenes and I think the voice actor they grabbed was the voice actor from the Rebel, Rebels, Rebels I'm gonna, cartoon no, series look it up right now I, I think um, he probably had as much screen time as the, the pilot guy yeah. And, and, yeah, yeah, yeah and like those are both fairly integral to the story and one of them's dead right. <laughs> you know what I mean like that's it's huge so like my fiance Jenny is not a huge Star Wars fan. Like she, she loves the movies. She watched the cartoons with me, but like she's not a huge kind of nut. Mm-hmm. And so her question to me was: Is Tarkin like could they have did it without Tarkin? And my thing was no, because he's such an integral part of what the Death Star is. And and yeah, anything what, with the Death Star and Star it Wars needs Tarkin. To me, Tarkin. to me, it needs Tarkin. They couldn't have done it justice, but they could have done it. Sure, right? but I mean, I like, mean, would, it, would it would the film have hit you as hard emotionally or like connected as well no. without Tarkin? No, okay, it, so it wouldn't have. It's according to IMDb. It is not the same voice actor. However, 
I don't know. I'm gonna look that up next. See, then it gets tricky too, because are they pulling sound clips? Well, that's what yeah. I was saying to yeah. Charles is that when when animators go into this stuff, what they'll put for them is all the facial examples from all the movies that this guy has done when he's playing Tarkin. They'll have all the sound clips, sound clips from other movies he's yeah. done, and they put it all together to try right. to match it like the best possible way right. that you can. You and I talked a little bit about this, Chris, was it started to look a little uncanny right. after a while. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, like, the first scene you see him in, it's not bad, because he turns around for a quick second, and then you're like, oh, okay. you're so yeah. like, oh, crap, it's but Tarkin. There's, then there's, looking yeah, at but the, there's times the where, like, uh, where he has the big scene after they kill Je- after they destroy Jeddah, and he has yeah. that big scene where he's talking with, mm-hmm. with the Kranich. Whole, yeah. The entire scene is between the two of those characters, and, like, that is... The facial expressions in there are so uncanny, and you're just watching him the whole time the you're not even paying just... to the to the performance that Cranish is giving it and the anger that he has you're just paying attention like that looks wrong yeah I think the real question for me is like okay so they chose to recast Mon Mothma sure right but she had such a small part there was uh, probably even with deleted scenes what five yeah. scenes that she's in mm-hmm. and but, the same and the same with I, I don't think she's as iconic as a character as Tarkin is like no, no. no. and like no, even no. in the original trilogy I don't even think so I mean, red hair and the white dress. You're like, okay, yeah. Right, it's that chick. Yeah. Uh, But the point being that, like, why, like, if you're going to do a CG character and you're going to recreate a character with computer graphics and you're going to also try to pull old voice files and stuff like that, why wouldn't you do it with Mon Mothma? Why do it with Tarkin? I think. Like, why recast Tarkin when he's going to have that many more lines? I just just had a thought. So Mon Mothma, again, like the the white white dress, Mm -hmm. red hair, you, you know who it is. With Tarkin, it's hard with an Imperial uniform. They're all the same. That's because, right. you know, when you're looking at an Imperial uniform, you're like, is that the same, is that the same character? Right. Is that, because they all look, like, if you lined up all these Imperial officers together, like, I couldn't point you out, yeah. you know, that's the dude in that scene, or that's the dude in that scene. Like, they all kind of blend together. Mm-hmm. And with someone as iconic as Tarkin... It would have to be perfect. It has yeah, to be perfect casting. It has to be perfect casting. And if you yeah. can't find that person, then you just gotta... It just might not exist. Bite the bullet. Like, yeah. So, while I'm trying to figure out the voice scene, first off, the voice actor from Rebels, who does a fantastic job of Tarkin, actually voice Admiral Radis. I believe that's the... Uh, the Mon Cal Admiral. Is voiced by the guy who does... Is voiced by the guy who does Tarkin's voice for Star Wars Rebels. Weird. According to an article in um, Hollywood Reporter, Mm -hmm. apparently Gareth Edwards was looking to recast Tarkin, but John Knoll, who's a big guy at ILM, big in uh, visual effects, Mm -hmm. was like, no, I think we can do it digitally. So Mm -hmm. apparently that's where they started... When they were first thinking, how do we include Tarkin? That was the point where it went from, well, how do we kind of sort of wedge him in without causing a problem to be like, let's just pull on go on Tarkin. But, you know, I know that, you know, and maybe this is a little bit of just our own eyes for it. It's like, I've talked to some people that have seen it, and to them, it's uncanny. They don't see it as CGI. Like, it does not stand out to them whatsoever. And what's funny is you also, on the flip side, you get the apocryphal people who aren't also involved heavily in watching film or making film or anything like that, who are like, oh man, that looked bad. So it seems like it's everyone is all over the place. All over the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Because Kelly and I walked out of the film and we both went, um, Kelly was like, wow, yeah, I thought that was bad. I thought this was bad. I thought this was bad. Uh, But Leia looked good. And I was like, no, Tarkin looked good, Tarkin looked good, Tarkin looked good, Leia looked bad. Leia looked bad. So I think that, again, is subjective, you know. Right. It's all all your eye. Let's get right to the point, though, is the balls of ILM to be like, yeah, we can do that. Yeah. (laughs) And Lucasfilm can have him in there as much as he's in there. Yeah. Clearly they can because that's a a lot of work. Yeah. To have, I mean, just the lighting to make him look like he belongs there. Right. I mean, and for how many scenes he's in, it's crazy. The closest thing we've seen sort of in recent memory is 
the stuff that Marvel's doing, right? With, yeah. with Ant Man and with um oh, with, the, with, the, with Civil with War. Robert Downey Jr. Right. the it's, age, but yeah. you also have the same oh, right. thing. You can even see an earlier version of that in Tron Legacy. Yes, with um which I think that But you can see them getting progressively better and better. Yeah. But like again, Robert Downey Jr. it's for one scene in Civil War and for Ant Man, again, it's one scene in Ant Man and like for Michael Douglas and like Tarkin's in a good ten minutes of this movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean there's a lot of time. A lot. Um and like to be fair, it isn't very low lighting. They keep they keep it low they keep it low lighting so they don't have to do a lot with kind of yeah. shading and shadows. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean, he's in there quite a bit, and and I did watch Force Awakens this morning, and the the line "Fire when ready" was pulled almost directly from. I'm like pretty sure it's pulled directly from the. From yeah, the I believe it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you did bring up Leia. Yeah, that's the other. That's the other returning yeah. character yeah. here. The last one. Well, uh, well, well last, there's a lot of cameos. There's a lot of cameos. Like, oh, yeah. 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 So the the big one is Leia at sure. the end. Yeah. That sort of gets everyone excited. Uh, the first time I saw it, I thought it looked great, and I was like. I think that's going to be me too. Like, well, the yeah. first time I saw it, I was like, that looks fantastic. And then I walked out and then I think I was so excited that I saw, like, I see who it is and she was only on there for like maybe two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, okay, it's not bad. And then the second time I saw it, I was like, oh, something like her face is a little too round and like there's, she's turned slightly. Mm-hmm. Her cheeks yeah. are too red. Like there's something about it that's a little weird. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how we can just like so nitpick something that's right. like not even like our thing you know yeah but like i like you're probably the same way right yeah you, no absolutely you're naughty with me the entire way here's the thing <laughs> to me it looked like you took a 2d image of her face <laughs> and you bent it around a 3d model right and then for some reason they chose to put the camera over here and have her look like around over her <laughs> shoulder at it right and that was the failure like if you had just showed her dead on it would have been fine like it would have been okay there was a part of me that almost wish they didn't shoot it that way where like you only maybe see her turn and you get like the side of her face rather than the full on effect. Well, let's, let's be honest. If she but, pulled her hood down and you see those fucking cinnamon buns, you know who, know who it about. is. Well, dude, I, you, you, you can know who it is just when he opens the door and you see the white face. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you know, know who, who it is. is. But there is some excitement, I think, in that reveal because, I mean, you were saying like, you don't think you realize oh, I was how so bad excited. Because you're so excited. I was so excited. I think that was me too because I was just like, Oh my god, she turned around. Oh my god, it's Leia. Like it's yeah. Carrie Fisher. Like it looks just like yeah. Her. And then and then and then when you think about it, you're like, okay, maybe maybe it wasn't that good. Like I need to I need right. to see this again. But again, the right. line the line where she says like just just saying hope, right? Like that ties the whole movie together so Tingles, well. Like shivers. Like, yeah, it really does. Good. I really appreciated the use of Bill Organa. Sure, yeah, because yes. it was very light and it was very nice. Just they were like, what's the best part of the prequels? Ah. Baylor, <laughs> like nobody was pissed off at yeah. him. Nobody disliked him. Everyone because was like, "Man, we need more yeah. Jimmy Smiths." Well, and I think the cool thing was like that really like solidifies the 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 connection between the prequels and the original trilogy. Because yeah, there's Darth Vader, and yeah, you see him becoming Darth Vader, and yeah, there's all the no, Anakin and the reference to Clone Wars. Like, but this is like you see the same face. Yeah, it's like a handoff. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Which was really cool. And you know, there's the the his faded line of like, well, I'm going to go to Alderaan yeah, now. Go back like, and tell him ready time for war. blown up. Like, yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> it's like, ah, and he's, he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no retcon in your way out of that one, Lucasfilm. Hey everyone, just wanted to take advantage of the break in the episode to remind you that on Saturday, May 6th, 
we are going to be live streaming some Star Wars games at twitch.tv slash teambluepost. The stream will start at 1 p.m. Pacific time. If you are unable to watch us live or this is the future and you've just discovered our podcast and want to go back into the past and watch the stream, videos will be posted to YouTube at a later date. Other than that, enjoy the rest of our discussion on Rogue One. Tentacle monster. Tentacle monster. Tentacle monster. Right. Okay. So my issue with that sequence was not the tentacle monster because we're not we're not strangers to tentacle monsters in Star Wars fiction. <laughs> I'm Japanese. Right? No, I'm yeah. not. Right. Of course. Right. <laughs> That's great. What is it? Uh, Rathars now. Yeah. Well, no. So there's the Rathars. There's the Bugale. The the the, the trash compactor monster. <laughs> okay. Right. And now we got this one that sucks your brain. Okay. Sure. Fine. Whatever. My issue was that Sagarera was like. Bummer that I have to use this tentacle monster to suck out your mind and like find out it's gonna make sure you're not telling lies. Oh, but it can like make your mind go away and then it'll leave like, you insane. It'll leave you insane, right? Yeah. So then he's in the jail cell, the pilot, and he he's like, he's all, he's all insane, and then he just magically recovers. Like the pilot trigger word, like when, I'm fine. Like, like, yeah, he was like a sleeper agent in reverse. It was yeah, like once you said good. pilot, he was like, oh yeah, I am a pilot. I mean, and he was woozy for most of that sequence, but yeah, right. Like, but I, I think I got the impression that it was gonna like irrevocably, right. but there was destroy there him. was a qualifier. Like it may. That's cheap. To me, so it was bad. to me it was a thing of that scene. A didn't need to happen. No, no. And then B, when Jin shows up, Solgarera still asks her if it's a trap. Yeah. yeah. He knows it's true. Some weird editing choices in there, right. I guess. But yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Again, there's big problems with the movie, but I love it so much. No, right, it's no, so great. That's like, the thing. It's, it's, every you know, movie has flaws. We, like, we sound like we're really tearing it apart when no. really... We love it. We, yeah, well, that's the sign of, you know, I think a good fan is to be willing to be critical of a piece, but at the same time... Absolutely. Like, right. still love it. So it's getting to the meat and potatoes here a little bit. The... To me, the first half of the movie is kind of slow. It's hard to get your footing. You know, opening scene is fine. They tell you about, you know, Jin and That's dad. That's Right, right, exactly. Yeah. But then you suddenly have, this person's on this planet, this person's on this planet, this person's on this it's planet. It's like, like Game of Thrones. Yeah. Who are these people? Where are you going? What planets are you on? Is this the important one or is that the important one? Right, I don't know yeah. what I'm supposed to grab yeah. onto here. I can't get my feet on the ground. But like, I do like the fact that they did use these, uh, the title, the title cards. To that was know useful. exactly yeah, that where was, you are. But the reason is they had to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, because they're cutting all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, there's points where later in the film, it's like, oh yeah, they're still doing that. Because they were all of a sudden settled on a single planet right. for like longer. I think stretches. the first one is Edu. When they go to Edu, uh, like, it appears again. And I was like, oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You do, and then again, I also had the same thing with, uh, what's the final planet? It's... Uh, Scarif. 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 Yeah. For me, I think the hardest part was the beginning, because they were cutting all over the place. They were going to this planet, they were going to this planet, they were going to this planet, and, and like you said, they, they didn't really introduce this main character. You're like, okay, it's the girl. I wanted to know, what, what has Jin been doing? Because they say they that she's some kind of thief or something, but like, instead we get this whole scene with Cassian shooting some guy in the back. I'm like, I don't care about that. Like, I yeah. want to see, well, she, she, why is Jin... In, prison or she, why is uh, she forging uh wait she what was a forging imperial forging documents, documents uh having illegal weaponry or like housing of illegal weaponry right and like just general like being but, a badass what has she been doing well, though so, well, she okay, also so talks about how she was with saw Guerrera and then he left her yeah, 16 he, so you assume so, that she just kind of was on her own for a while. So first of all, she's with like a major rebel fighter. Right. Um, so she's been with him till she was 16. You can only assume that she's just on the underbelly of society. But it's like you look at something like the opening sequence for in Force Awakens with Rey. 
where it's got this shot of these gorgeous shots of her like you know scavenging for parts and stuff and you're right. kind of like this is what she's been doing she's been making it you know making by with ends meet getting her food like this, this is what Jen's was, doing she's in jail right. and but she's, no she's but this is day in a life this is day right. in a life this is what okay you can assume even though we're only seeing it once this is what she does every single day right, right. this right. is her routine with with Felicity Jones, you don't see the day in the life. You see like, oh, and she's getting captured, and she did this one time, and oh, and she used to be with Saw Gerrera, and uh, like, yeah. there's a lot of and turbulence I mean, like, with her. To, to me, I think I, I made the assumption of she's in jail, and then she, when they rescue her, she's on the way to a work camp. So I'm assuming that she's in a work camp. So how old do we think that this character is supposed to be? I'm assuming 20s. in her early twenties. Yeah, that's okay. what I would say. Because sixteen Saw Gerrera, and you assume she says years. I mean, she's been she's been in prison that whole time. Then. It's so maybe not maybe not the whole time, yeah. but right? You know, but like doing a good job, yeah. yeah. Well, general, to, in and out of jail, right? Help narrow it down. Living the fuck life. Wiki- I don't know. Right, right, right. She's... Wikipedia has her born twenty two years before the Battle of Yavin. When does she die? And she dies, of course, like three days before the Battle of Yavin. Okay, so she's so twenty two years 22. old. If she left I her guess. at sixteen, three days. I had not put that together. That's three days from the time they get the plans to the time they blow the desert. Rogue One is maybe a couple of hours before the beginning of A New Hope. Definitely. Yeah, sure. Right? You got to think it's maybe three to four days what A New Hope takes place in. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right? Yeah, that's definitely. true, yes. That puts Jin at like a She's, couple of years older than Luke and Leia. Yeah. Because they're supposed yeah. to be like, what, 16? Yeah, yeah 19. Um, 19. Okay, wow. So she, they're like almost the same age. But yeah, I mean, we also met a lot of new characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. And all of them died. And all of them died. Oh. In tragic ways. <laughs> um, but... I mean, I think we could all probably agree it was good that all of them died. I was right? actually right. happy that all of them because died. Because I, I remember kind of going and going, you know, I know they're all going to have to die. I kind of wish they wouldn't, but at the same time, I'm glad they they did this. Right. Because yeah. it's dark. It's, um, I mean, I didn't think they were going to do. The thing, that I, the thing that I am upset about is that everyone got their moment, except for Jin and Cassian. I would have loved it if Cassian had died when... Like when he got shot and he died and then Jin found some other way to get out of it. And then if she was alone on the beach watching the explosion come towards her, to me, that's more poetic because she didn't get her moment. There was some weird love story that seemed to come out of nowhere at the end. The when end. they get in the elevator. I feel like either. for me, there was almost this weird scene between Cassian and Jin that like got deleted. Like it's my honest thought is right between her getting mad at him for almost shooting her father and then arriving at Yavin and then him going, we're behind you. It was almost like there was there's a, something the beginning there. of a romance in there that they were like cut out for time or something. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like there's a scene that probably got missed and, and I'm happy they didn't go that way. Yeah. I'm happy they didn't yes. go that way, yeah, but the hints of it were too strong towards the end yeah. where you can't be like, Oh, was there like some place? You know, there was obviously supposed to be I mean, some I sort of like thing between the two of them. If you had seen Jin, Accepting her death on the beach alone, it would have been really sad. It would have been very sad. It, uh, I mean, it the was... fact that she has somebody there and they're both accepting it together. Right. And I mean, like, and, and to me, helps, that's like... the only qualifier for that relationship exactly. is because they're going to face their death. They I know they're like going to die. They're going to die together. Going to die that's together. Why they did it, but the thing but... for me is, you do get a hint of a moment, and I feel like what they to fix this, they should have expanded upon this more to make it less of a romance and more of a I understand you. Is he's like, I've been fighting the Empire since I was six, and. That seems to be a common thread in Star Wars right now. If you look at Star Wars Rebels, Ezra's yeah. been fighting or stealing from the Empire since he was a kid. She's been fighting since she was... Uh, Jin yeah. has been fighting since she was a kid. Cassian's been fighting since he was a kid. Mm-hmm. There's this constant thread of we have had the same 
enemy. Mm-hmm. And I almost wanted him to phrase it differently, like that we're behind you to be more like, I don't want to be a part of a rebellion that's going to run away from a fight that we've been heading towards for so long. I, I personally didn't mind it. Um, I know um, Garrett, one of our friends that went with us, he he liked it too. And I remember him and I were like, I, we, we thought it was fine. Because like, right. if they had had like a makeout session on the beach or something, that would have been, to, like, to been too far. To me, the, to me, the one scene that messes it up is when they get in the elevator to go down to the beach. And there's that like... And there's that... Where their faces are like... I agree, and yeah, I was yeah. like, that's too much. But, but like, everything else is fine. Needed to be, no, the hug yeah, at the end fine. was yeah. fine. Oh. It's yeah. just that there was that scene in the elevator. I agree. From and I love that she's the one looking into the inferno. Yeah. I actually had a problem with Cassian coming back to life. Yes. So yeah, like that bothered me. Because like, okay, yeah. he gets he um um Captain White Cloak, whatever his name is. Yeah. yeah. What is his name? Critic. Uh, Critic. Critic. Okay, so he shoots him, falls down really far. Yeah. And, and like bangs on a couple of things like, on the yeah. way, <laughs> And then like splays out at the bottom of the thing and Jin's like, well I guess I'll keep going and keeps going. And then he just like shows up later in time and, and that's to what, save the day. And not enough time passed. Like I feel like he got up up there faster than Jin did, and she didn't fall down. Considering, like, how much shit he hit on yeah. the way down. Right, and they got shot. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're talking a lot about things that were kind of ripping apart. I really appreciate the fact that they covered the hugest plot hole in oh, the Oh, yeah. Well, you know, in they the were like, Star Wars no, no, universe. No, no, no. Like, it, was, it was on purpose. Right, <laughs> it was on purpose. purpose. <laughs> well, and I love uh, the connections between everything. In A New Hope, uh, Luke's call sign is Rogue Five. Is, uh, is, is, is Red, Red Five. five. Yeah. And then in this movie... Red Five breaks off dies. and dies, and so like the only reason Luke is even on that mission in the first place is because this other guy fucked up and died. <laughs> yeah. so they're like, "Shit, well, we need another we need, pilot. God, we need Here's another Here's this kid line. who yeah. just showed up. I guess we'll put him yeah. on." Well, there's also yeah. that in like, um, it's Rogue Squadron. Red Squadron becomes Rogue Squadron, right. and now we know where the name comes from. Right, and then and then also I was watching uh, Empire Strikes Back this morning as well. Uh, when they send out a search party to look for Han and Luke, uh, the pilot that's dr- that's flying is Rogue Two. Yeah. And like, and they're looking for for yeah. Luke, and, and, and he's Ro- he's the leader of Rogue Squadron. Oh yeah. The other one that, that again maybe see kind of have more respect for a New Hope is uh, when at the beginning of New Hope. That's the maddest we've ever seen Vader. We've never seen Vader as pissed off as in the mm. beginning of a New Hope, right? When he shows up on that on that ship on that, you know, he's yelling. He's like, yelling the, the entire. He never. Yeah, does he's that. yelling the entire time. He's getting angry at people. He's yelling around. He doesn't even listen to Leia. He's just kind of angry. And now we know why. Because right? he's been made a fool of. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and because he just missed them. Yeah. Literally. And, and the thing that's crazy to me and, and kind of makes it more brave and makes Leia a little more brave is the thing of she knows that he knows. Yeah. But she's the whole still, ship knows that the whole ship knows that he knows what's really going on. And they're still like, and oh, they're I'm still, on a diplomatic yeah, mission. They're still lying wrong. to him in his face. <laughs> but they they know that he knows. Yeah. But like to keep that story and to keep that like the whole crew to have that same story is is very brave and very noble, like very noble. Mm. Yeah. In the very beginning of of Rogue One, there's two stormtroopers, and I think it's when they're transporting Jin in the like prison ship, right? Um, and they're talking about speeders, and they talk about how the T fourteen. Oh no! It just was, became. It was on the beach. It was on the beach. On the beach, right before Donnie Yen takes him out. Uh, but they're talking about uh, oh, the T fourteen just became obsolete. Yeah. And so then, in A New Hope. I think Luke mentions that it's a T15. He, he has a T16, oh, 16, but the yeah. T15 just like, like he has the new, 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 new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One. It continue with little things like that. Yeah. yeah. That's really, well, like it's, it's the thing I was mentioning Logan earlier after Jim presents her big kind of case to, to go to Scarif. It's on the loudspeaker. She's, uh, they're, they're calling uh, for general, general Sandula. And we and both, general, and we general, both general, liked it. Anyone else catch yeah, that? Yeah. So general Sandula is, is, 
To me, it references Hera in Rebels, if you watch the cartoon, she's trending to being a general herself. Yeah, she's commander. So she's commander like currently, so she's trending to be that way. By the time A New Hope hits, then she could still be alive. Too. I just remember kind of like, I didn't like... I squealed in the theater squealed, and I looked around. I don't think I squealed, but I remember looking around being like, did anyone else just catch that? And, and nobody else did. No, no one, one else caught. caught that. But like on the loudspeaker, they're calling for General Sandula, which is awesome. Like yeah. that's so little that's such a little thing. Appreciate. Right. Yeah. I mean, but the, no matter what, like, what kind of things you're looking for in it, you're going to find, like, some little detail that is right. fun and creative that you really like. Yeah. I, I was telling Charles one of the things I really like. When you see Darth Vader, you see, like, his broken body in, like, a tank of liquid. Oh, the back to tank. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. And you're like, so this is what he's not, when he's not in the suit, when he, when Vader goes night-night, whatever you want to say, like, he goes in this tube. Like, and as a kid, I was always like, does he, does he sleep in the armor? Like, you, you look at that kind of stuff. They thought of that. They're like, no, when he's not in his suit, like, this is what he has to do. Right. I mean, and even on a smaller note, you know, they go, they're like, yeah, we have to steal the Death Star plans. And I'm going, this is space, but a long, long time ago, do they have like blueprints on paper? Is it on a computer? Well, what is this right. thing going to look like? And they go in and she's got this little thing they're moving around and they yeah. pull out the archives and it's like this big punky drive looking thing. Yeah, like, it's perfect. It's great. Like just to see some of these things that you, you hear them talk about and you're just like, but, but what does this physically look right. like? It's like, great. The idea that I was talking about earlier of like the scale of the Empire. Yeah. That place has, the Empire is so big. They have a force field protected planet just for just their for fucking blueprints. Yeah. Okay? Just yeah. archives. Yeah. Like not even, not even like their full archives. Just blueprints for structures yeah. and shit. Their development team, obviously, just all the little things. Like, you tell people just had fun with that stuff. Oh, yeah. No, it's yeah. fantastic. And they talk about a lot. Like, a lot of criticism is, like, always around, like, Easter eggs for the fans. Yeah. And it's like, you know, a lot of those Easter eggs are so buried so deep. The, one, the that, two, the two yeah. that were hit over the head were the two dudes for the cantina. Of course. Oh, God. And, then, yeah. and, and that one, I was kind of like, why? I didn't, I didn't need, I didn't need, first of all, they had... They've had a crazy week, okay? Yeah. Those poor guys. Okay. Like. <laughs> They've had a crazy week. We now know okay. why they were Why they were at the, the cantina. cantina. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The worst kind of offender of it, and I don't know why it's there, and I would have I loved to have them just in the background somewhere, or just watch, have them walking by or something like that. I'm guessing. Was, was R2 uh, and yeah, yeah. Yes. You don't need that. Like We you did don't, not need that. You don't need them talking about how it's a mistake that they're going to scare if, and like, I... I of course, three PO thinks it's a mistake. We don't need him to tell us right. that. We already know three PO is scared of everything. Like I, like I would have loved it if they're just next to Princess Leia as they, as she gets that the disc, been... right? Like oh, I don't God. need them. I don't need a separate sequence of them standing there. It doesn't mean they weren't fun. Doesn't no, mean they no, get excited no. to like. Right. You still are like, oh, that's really funny. Oh, that's really cool. But, but it like... took me out of it a little bit because the yeah. scene with Scarif yeah, is like the thing with Scarif is it's the it's the triumphant moment of like okay the the, the rebels are coming. They're coming to help you. I think it must have been like they had to give the audience moment to the, <laughs> or else they would like right. be like so be. worked well, up. I think, you know I think I mean? everyone needs to sit and thank Alan Tunick for doing yes. a unbelievable job with K2SO and yeah. making us Fabulous. being the only part of that movie that was lighthearted and funny. So my girlfriend again, not a huge Star Wars fan. She cried a little bit when with the with the hologram or when um when Galen dies in Jin's mm -hmm. arms, like mm -hmm. a little bit. Um and she's straight balling when K2SO dies, yeah. right? Like, straight balling. And then, like, when everyone else dies, she's kind of like, oh, okay, that's sad. And, like, her, like a little bit of tears, but, like, she she's, like, heaving when K2SO's dying. Like, but, when dude, he... K2SO had, like, the hero's death. Oh, oh yeah. Am, when like... he yells climb, and I go, oh, shit, no. And then, like, you see all the stormtroopers around him, and you're like, oh, he's done. Charles yeah. dropped the bad Firefly line on me after the movie. Well, yeah, did, after the movie, you did, did it. I remember that. Like, a leap on the road. I was like, no! They, they killed <laughs> no! Alan Tudyk, yeah. and they, uh, yeah, okay, so. <laughs> no, okay, awesome. so I wanted to bring up, what was everyone's favorite 
little new thing. So like it could be K2SO, it could be like a new weapon or a new ship. I love the idea of these of Guardians and like of Donnie Yen's character. Like okay. I love I love that idea that there's nothing left for them to protect, but they're still there. Yeah, and they're still just kind. Of, they're doing what they can. Um, and I love I love that fact of like Jedi are gone, mm-hmm. the Empire's taken over. They're raiding the thing. But I mean, like, what else are we gonna do? Yeah, this is what this is what we believe in. This is, and so we're just gonna stay here. Yeah. See, I was gonna say something like similar to that. Is one of the things I like is this this group of people that band together. And on right. top of that is the fact that there is no white male amongst them. I was very offended. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah. We, we've been discriminated. Against. We've been discriminated yeah. against. But, but you know, your lead is a white female, but you have a female in a leading role again, which is fantastic. But then you know, there's two guys that are Asian. Uh, you know, Cassian is played by a guy that's from Mexico. Like. This right. is a variety of people, a variety of like really cool characters that I think seeing all kind of come together is really, really, really cool for Star right. Wars. Yeah. They're doing such great work with like keeping diversity, right. but also so at the same time, the, like, the, just the, the character. At the same like, time, I don't feel like it's shoehorned. Like no, I don't feel like they're trying to do that. Um, but with this, it's like they're creating new characters, and it's like, I mean, my first thought was just what great characters these were. And then I was like, wait a minute, was there a white male? Yeah, because I remember... It's a secondary it was, thought. It's not something it's that jumps in your mind. Because I think we've been talking about the movie mm-hmm. after watching it for at least, I want to say, 15 minutes before oh, yeah. you even went, hey, there was no white Did male. Did you guys this? Like, yeah. Right, right. So what about you, Linda? Kind of building on Chris's is the fact that this isn't the first time Lucasfilm has done this idea, but I like the fact that, that there's this religious idea around the Force that mm. exists beyond the Jedi and the Sith. Mm-hmm. That right. there could be more to it than just, oh, this is what the Jedi use. Right. Well, and it's like, we've always experienced the Jedi and the Sith as like people who bend the Force to their will. Mm-hmm. And like use the Force to make them do things. As opposed to like, we see this new character now who doesn't use the force. He just believes in it. He's yeah. just in it. He's, yeah. you know, he is the force. He yeah. is the, and the force, the force is with him. him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like Donnie Yen, I honestly was one of my favorite characters walking out. Like I sometimes saw myself doing that little mantra in my head. So my, mine is really shallow compared to all of you guys. So mine was, my favorite thing was his stick it was like they had gone from the prequels and they were like oh you know it'd be super cool if he had like a crossbow gun and yeah. then they were like oh no simple let's step it up let's go with just <laughs> full-blown bow and arrow stick laser gun yeah. with sniper rifle well, dude, stick the cool thing my favorite part was when they're on edu and he does he goes full donnie yen where he pulls out his inner Kong, Hong Kong Kung Fu movie, yeah. and he blows on his hand first, yeah, and then yeah, does yeah. it, <laughs> and then takes out the TIE fighter. Yeah, it's that was fucking really awesome. Cool. I mean, it was one blast from a handheld weapon yeah, that took yeah. out his awesome. vehicle. Like, that's and, pretty amazing. And not only that, he lined up the shot perfectly to where it would hit and take yeah, out right. a gun turret. Yeah. And it's like, you're, it's one of those ones where, because it's already been established that this guy is super connected to the Force, right. that you, you're totally like... Of course this blind guy would do that. I was gonna say, Why would it be anything right. else? He's blind and he uses like a bow and arrow type weapon. Like where your eyes are, you would think what you need. And like the fact that he uses, I guess, the force in yeah. a way is, it's cool. What was the what was the one wow moment for you? The one moment where you just went kind of, holy shit. Because so for me, for me, there are two of them. For me, it was, of course, the end scene with Vader. Right? It's, it's mm-hmm. Vader on the warpath. I think that's one for everyone. So right? let's just yeah. say that's So that's, one that's from across the board. For me, it wasn't, like, Vader. It wasn't like, oh my god, look, kids, Vader killing dudes. Like, that's so cool. For me, it was like, it was the scene of the guy being stuck by the door. 
Oh, and just desperately oh human terror. Pure human terror. No, like, clawing yeah. at anything to try to survive. And then he gives up on survival. And he's like, oh my god, just, just take, this. take like, this. Like, I'm gonna so, die. Yeah. And that was like, and the that was like a Saving Private Ryan thing. moment yeah. for me. I was like, oh my god, like, whoa. As kids, we knew Darth Vader was scary. We knew Darth Vader was like, right. we know the Empire was scary. This is a different kind. Like, I'm glad that people that are just getting into Star Wars now are like, fa- like kids that are just growing up with Star Wars are going to understand the level of fear that like was supposed to be in the original trilogy that just didn't come it across. It just hit, yeah. Right. And like, this shows the true terror and what it is mm-hmm. and like why people are fighting so hard. Well, and that kind of brings it into like what my wow thing was for me. And it's so simple and it probably was for a lot of people is every main character that you were introduced to in that crazy jump opening sequence where you can't figure out who's who and what's what, all of them that you grow to love die. Yeah. And you know what's going to happen. Once they start dying off, you're like, yeah, everyone's going to die. Just like I thought it was. But that moment at the end where they all have kind of accepted their death and you just see it and they have these long, long shots. It's it's heavy. And something for me as a kid, I guess, is you see Vader, like you said, he's scary. Like Luke, Leia, Han, they all live. Everybody lives. There's not this sense of finality. These people are gone. It is done. Like, this movie bleeds into movies that have already existed. We know they're not in them. They're yeah. not coming back. They died. Yeah. Uh, when the Rebel fleet shows up, and I looked at... This happened, and me and my dad both looked at each other and went, holy shit. It's the moment where literally hundreds of TIE fighters pour out yeah. of... Like, we've never seen that many just pour out of a facility before. Yeah. Usually, you're used to seeing maybe, like, 10 or 20. You're like, that's sure. a lot. And then all of a sudden, just like hundreds, like a swarm of them. And you're like, oh, that's different. There's a lot of moments like that in this movie where you're just like, this is war. Like, this is brutal. I mean, because I, I mean, for me, watching Star Wars, it never really clicked to relate that to, you know, the war we see on TV and stuff like that. But it's like, this movie really kind of hits it that this is real scary stuff. I mean, it always has been, but we've always seen it from this perspective of one or two people yes. who yeah. haven't been invested their whole life. Like we're always kind of fo- like we follow Luke or we'll follow Anakin or whatever. And they haven't been fighting their, this fight for their entire lives, struggling to get by. So for me, the cool thing was, and the, the wow moment was, seeing the precision strikes. Mm. Oh, right. Seeing these like, surgical single ignition strikes to just destroy a city. And like, yeah, yeah I might plunge the entire planet into a nuclear winter or something crazy, right. but like, imagine, like, to me, the scarier thing is not the thing that can blow up planets. Right. The scarier, or systems it, with a circular base. The scarier thing to me is like, let's get something that can strike from orbit that can kill one dude. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like, because then... If they can hit that one dude, I mean, you know, I'm making it smaller than it really was. It was one city, whatever. But, like, if you can make it that specific, yeah. then that means that people are watching that specifically. Right. You know, and mm-hmm. that's a totalitarian society. That's a place where if you uh, step out of line, you know, there's no smugglers in that kind of world. Yeah. There's no mm-hmm. – you can't do that kind of stuff. Well, like, yeah, and even then, like, uh, the moment where uh, – you know, when K2SO says there is no horizon, right? When mm-hmm. he's the strip, and you just see the mountain of, of rubble coming yeah. towards everyone, and you're like, and or or when they when they fly away, when they finally get out, and you see the plume of smoke yeah. going into the atmosphere, yeah, the mushroom cloud, and, yeah. the yeah. and you're like, oh, that's so terrifying. But at the same time, realizing like that is it on its lowest setting. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, th- that wasn't what the Empire wanted at that yeah. point, but yeah, they could. Yeah, could've. they could have. Yeah. Right? yeah. 
for me, the wow moment was, and I think we've talked about this a bit already, but the fact that we saw gold leader and red leader and these people from a new hope and realizing those guys literally went from this to that they've been fighting for their lives for like basically a few days. Mm -hmm. And it was just kind of like, and especially we've already seen Tarkin. We've already seen, you know, at this point. So it's already like, ah, the CGI, but you could tell that this wasn't just CGI done that you could tell this was like actual footage they had found. It was just like, I was so excited. I'm like, Oh my God, it's gold leader and red leader. It's just like, here are these two characters who I'm sure have names in the expanded universe that I don't know, but I don't care because right now I'm just excited about the fact that I know that, these few fighters who were at the Battle of Yavin were here at this one earlier and yeah. part of that fight. Right. Walked into this movie expecting a, something darker, something more serious, something that's going to make me think and feel. And it, and it was in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and that's what I got. And I was very happy with it. And as someone who has wanted a darker Star Wars, because I think that's what we needed for the prequels, like this walking out, this... this Tickled I probably this tickled my fancy. I could have even dealt with it being a little bit darker, but right. I also know that that's me and that's not the general audience. So I think the other thing too is that like for me, I didn't know that how I was going to like it because uh, my favorite thing about Star Wars is Jedi. Like I love lightsabers. I love the Force. I love all these like mystic dudes. I love yeah. all of this cool fighting and like this philosophy that comes with it. So like take that whole section out of Star Wars. Like, that's the iconography. That's what you think of when you try to tell a 10-year-old what Star Wars is. It's lightsaber battles and stuff. Take that out, and can you still have a good Star Wars movie? The answer is yes. Can we just say that now we understand that the Death Star shoots lightsabers? Yes. Right? That was, like, the first thing. I was like, wait, so it's lightsaber crystal? It shoots lightsabers? 